Welcome to Lockdown Larder, where we're dishing up tips and inspiration from different foodies and their socially distanced dinner tables. Are you a banana bread baker? A sourdough self-starter? Or have you just developed a takeaway food habit? We're here to whet your appetite. In this episode, we have not one but two foodie powerhouses. Katie and Francesca are flatmates, lockdown companions, and now podcast hosts, sharing recipes and other recommendations on their brilliant show, Socially Distanced Spiritually Close. We chatted about everything from facing lockdown as a furloughed hospitality worker to fermenting, and it was a pleasure to bond virtually over a mutual passion for garlic. Enjoy! Tell me a little about what you're doing at the moment, um, where you're isolating, and yeah, just... For sure, yeah. Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. Uh, I'm Katie, um, and me and Francesca are both uh, still isolated in Edinburgh, um, but we're lucky because we have quite a big apartment, and living with our friends is really nice. Um, and the main thing, me, I guess, it's been challenging with the lockdown is I got furloughed from my job. I manage a restaurant. So I think that's had a huge impact on the way that I've been spending my time and the amount that we've been cooking because like I haven't been at home every evening since I became an adult because I work in the hospitality industry. <laughs> so it's like, I'm I like being like, Oh, I have to think about like seven days worth of dinner. Like normally I get, you know, five star meals cooked for me three times a week. So <laughs> that was a bit of a, that was a bit of an adjustment. Yeah. So I think that was quite a big influence on us wanting to do this for sure. Uh, I'm Francesca. I, um, I'm also staying here in Edinburgh. <laughs> we decided to all sit here and like make a home of it really because we all are quite interested in food and I have always loved food to, de- to a detriment of my own body. I've been fat free since January because I have a gallbladder issue. So the quarantine has really like helped me figure out what it is that is easy that I can eat within cycles because before I could just like go to the store and try to find new things that I could eat. And now I'm kind of focusing on what it is that I can, what I buy in kind of bulk and reimagine in different ways or eat continuously. So, so the quarantine has kind of helped me come to terms with the fact that there are, I mean, I have a very limited diet right now, but there are avenues that I can explore, which is really interesting. So you'd say that kind of, I know loads of people maybe say they've been eating a lot better in lockdown I know I've been eating a lot fresher just because you've got more time but um would you say that at the start when there was like no food on the shelves and stuff was shopping to suit your um I wouldn't call it food intolerance that's the wrong word um your fat freeness yeah it was really hard yeah, yeah. I mean, even now I like so my one saving grace is this lowest fat cream cheese not the low fat, but the extreme, like lowest fat cream cheese. And only like only the big Tesco's down the road has it. And the last week, we only do, we do a shop, a food shop every week once, um, just a big bulk buy, and they didn't have it. It was all gone. <laughs> and that was, that really hit me hard. I've been eating just jam on pieces of toast for all too long. And I'm, I'm a salty bitch and I love to eat salty things. Have you how have you found the transition um, from sort of going to like a five star restaurant as you said because you're obviously eating quite a lot of your meals there? Um, so it's, it's the cutest space. It's Diddy, um, which obviously is now right now like a big problem for the restaurant because you know if we did two meter distancing there'd be two tables in it. You know, so it's like that's not going to be viable. 
people for the hospitality industry. And I think that I, I, would, I wouldn't have called myself a foodie before I worked at this restaurant. And I think that even though I was cooking less while I was working, I feel very indebted to them now, not only from the practical side of things, but also because like it's kind of a comfort thing for me because I love working in hospitality so much. I associate with that. And we really try to make like events of it. We all sit we down do. together. We cook together. Like we all make food for each other because I think, you know, there, I mean, there's not really much else to look forward to. Yeah. Other than and it's also way smarter as well. Like with lot, like larder cooking, like if everyone's making an individual meal, you're misusing, you're misusing the way that mm. you could be economizing your lauder like it just makes much more sense to cook together or to at least plan together mm, you know? definitely yeah I think it's really going back to basics with like the whole shopping weekly as well because I was definitely one of those people you know you're coming home late from like work or whatever and you just go to like Sainsbury's and you'd pick up a few ingredients or whatever whereas now you know you're doing a big weekly shop or you're or doing a big weekly order or you know maybe are you guys lucky enough to be shopping independently or are you, are you utilizing local businesses or yeah. yeah, we really try to. I mean, I think that like almost all our grocery we get from, there's two grocers uh, around us that we kind of try and go to. We try to buy high welfare meat from the butcher when we can. So actually my uh, friend lives with us, the sensei, and he, of all of us, is the best cook. He's in the kitchen right now, hand curing a ham. So yeah, that's what he's up to. He's in the sous vide. Yes. <laughs> that's what he's doing. <laughs> so he's been really great. The thing is as well, something we've really found with Shopping Weekly is obviously like I've been furloughed. Everyone's in a position where they're more precarious financially. And I think what that does is it really makes you turn to like more economical ways of cooking. Like Chense cooking a ham. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's fun. But also like that means that we have meat for two weeks that's cost us 25 quid instead of like however, you know, much it would cost. So that's something that I've particularly found mm. really rewarding is, is trying to be almost like turning more towards kind of pre-modernization modes of how you run your house. Yeah. It's just that we have so much time as well, which is so lovely. Mm. I think even if you commute, suddenly you've got two extra hours kicking around. So like, no wonder you're making, you know, more mindful choices because you have the time to think about it. We can't, I know you, it's so hard to say I'm going to do this after lockdown, but do you think these are kind of skills of like batch cooking and making things go further? And like, do you think these are practices that you're going to carry on after lockdown? Obviously, it's really easy when you're living in this kind of isolated, you know, isolating with a group of people, but maybe going back home to your families and stuff. My parents are really, really incredible cooks and food is like the center of our lives. And I've always wanted to, to ferment things, wanted to live like out of a stock thing. Like I'm going to, I live in a village in Greece. I'm going to have a garden, like those things I kind of plan to do, but being able to do them now, like in, in, at this age, realizing how much time it takes, like what I'm going to be doing with my life, like outside of cooking and like working that in together. I think it's really, it's, it's really great for me at least to like actualize the practice. There is a response to this that takes into account the fact that like people really enjoy living in a way that isn't so like, labor orientated yeah please tell me more about sourdough i know so many people have done it like how was it are you a bread baking convert now like is it hard oh for sure i mean again like i have to give him a great deal of credit like vicente has been making bread for maybe like two or three years so as soon as the lockdown got announced he ordered like 16 kilos of flour 
um, which is it's it's enormous. It's a beautiful bag. Fantastic. <laughs> um, so when like once you own sixteen kilos of flour and you've just been furloughed, you're like, well, I better fucking bake some bread. You know what I mean? Like I got I got to do it. What is like tending a child <laughs> for starter? Like you can't leave it, and this is what scares me because I don't know if I'm ready for that level of responsibility yet. The first few stages of the starter, when you have to like measure out what you're feeding and what you're discarding, that that's a really stressful stage until it starts just kind of doing its thing. But once you start baking with the starter, it's super, super low maintenance because when you like scrape the starter out into your, um, into your dough so it can inoculate the dough, you're just going to have like little scrapings of starter left on the wall of the jar. And then you feed it with water and flour. And in two days time, you have 200 grams of starter again, and you just left it in the fridge. So once you get it to a point where you're um, yeast is fermenting and it's happy and it's munching away. It kind of just, it's like, it's it will itself. live forever. Yeah. Like we'll take it with us when we move, you know? They were trying to decide what the schedule was every two days, two loaves. And I remember when we were talking about it and he was like, well, we'll have to eat them. You know, Chance was like, oh, like, you know, that's like some bread. And I was like, Chance, I will eat your bread. Don't you worry. <laughs> It'll be gone. <laughs> it goes so quick too. You really got to get it while the going's good. Or you oh, open yeah. the bread bit and there's just nothing in there. <laughs> it's just, it's like all the difference. But the thing that got me actually is how hard fresh bread goes so quickly. And then when yeah. you buy a bit of bread from the shop and it like keeps soft for longer, I'm like, what are they putting on it? Like preservative. Yeah. Obviously stuff like sourdough and I'm listening to kind of like some of the recipes and stuff uh, you're talking about in your podcast. Has lockdown made you both more creative, do you think? Oh, 100%. No, there's this huge pressure, and I think it's very much a kind of influencer social media thing of like, well, like, what are you achieving in lockdown? What project are you learning to create? And it's like, you know what? Dope. If that's how you deal with stress, amazing. Proud of you. But also, like, for me, I find that being creative with cooking has really relieved my anxiety about the lockdown because like there are days where we're just in the kitchen all day because stuff like doing bread takes ages. What about the podcasting though? Like how, how did that come about? Is, was that something pre-lockdown or was that lockdown sprung? Well, we're narcissists, so we've always wanted to do something about ourselves. We really wanted to spend time with our friends, obviously, mm. and like, <laughs> not that they're making podcasts too that we're listening to, but <laughs> if we're at least they're listening to our voices. Yeah. But it was really great to connect with people and people have been really, really great about it and really responsive, which is super, super nice because that just means more contact with those people. I really like conversational podcasts anyway, because I think it, it almost just felt like you were down the pub with your mates mm -hmm. and you're sitting around and you're having a conversation. And I think that's what you need in times like this and that was what I really got from yours it's like you were just having a really nice chat where you know you're socializing with people that right. you know and and you don't you know sometimes it's nice to get your socializing from not sitting on like a zoom quiz with 10 other people it's quite nice to just have have that in your ears but how did you combine the kind of like recipe food thing was that just something that came naturally or was it something you always wanted to put in there like right from the beginning of quarantine <clears throat> one of the first concerns I'm sure it was for you was like what are we going to eat how are we going to pay for it where are we going to get it from I think that we really wanted to turn that into like a fun thing because I think like it is really stressful but I think that turning that into something that can be like exciting and can be easy and can be like escapism rather than chore mm. I think was something that was really important to us because we were having so much fun in the kitchen yeah you know? Yeah, definitely. I think 
having a like someone tell you a recipe through a podcast is something I've never really had before. I kind of like it to be honest. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like a closer version of someone like actually learning a recipe from like a certain household. Like if my mom told me a recipe, mm. like sure I would write it down to remember it, but it, it's like it's kind of nice having the experience of being told what it is you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think about it as people feeling like we're standing in the kitchen, like also telling, you know, like cooking it with them yeah. rather than telling them what to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, yeah, like you said, like sharing a book with a friend. It's like that kind of vibe. And um, that was what I really got from it. Sorry, excuse my detailed five-star review of your podcast. <laughs> oh, no, no, please. <laughs> In all our stuff, we try and create a tone of like, we like this thing, we want you to like this thing. And if you don't like it, that's completely fine. Yeah. I think that you shouldn't be patronizing about things that are there to be joyful. Yeah, I mean, so we sad. literally find only joy in cooking and food. Like it's, it's this, it's, it gives me such happiness to share food and to eat food and to make food. And I feel like if that is not what's being put across and something's wrong. Yeah. Mm. Definitely, especially especially in the food sphere and like the podcasting sphere, food podcasting. What um, what would you say for people who are kind of wanting to reignite their love for food or find more of a love for food in these kind of dark times? I think that honestly, in this day and age specifically, because we're isolated first off and, it's, and secondly, because there is so much online on YouTube and things like that, I think that the one thing that you have to remember if you're if you really didn't cook and didn't enjoy cooking or say even didn't enjoy having meals or whatever it is because everyone has a situation I feel like now is probably the best time to figure out for yourself what it is that you like like you have so much you can have access to so many materials and I think that going into it now like by yourself the pressure is not for you to be good is for you yeah. to find your space i completely agree and i was gonna say you know i think that like and i don't want to quote ratatouille but i'm i'm going to because we watched it this week you know he's you know gusto when he says anyone can cook because i think that it's really easy to look at like our grandparents who you know, spend every weekend deboning docs or whatever and be like, oh, that, that level of knowledge is unattainable. It's like, these were always just people doing things to feed their families. Of course, there's always been professional chefs and they deserve the accolades that they receive, but also like, you are capable of doing it. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that you're going to make perfect fresh pasta the first time you do it, but like Cheska's saying, like, it's for you. Who cares if it's not perfect? If you enjoy cooking it and you enjoy eating it, mm -hmm. like, life is so short as we're learning now, you know, the world is a fucking scary place sometimes. And I think if you spend all evening in the kitchen having a glass of wine and all you're doing is learning how to make a perfect omelet, that's fantastic. Like exactly. have a good time, you know, there's no camera in your face telling you that you can't make a mistake. Like yeah, Jay Rayner is not going to rock yeah. up and, and review it. Like <laughs> you're not worry. on like hell's kitchen or whatever that show, like you, you'll be okay. And it's the yeah. perfect time to give yourself space for that. I think. In terms of recipe inspiration, you mentioned Bon Appetit there. Is that where you kind of get your inspiration from, like looking in your larder and then going on the website, entering the ingredients? Is that how it works? I'm really unfamiliar. Like, 
So that's something that I do a lot with Bon Appetit just because I think they, I don't know if you know the Bon Appetit test kitchen is like a really great resource where they like, you know that anything they're throwing at you is really, really good. But I also cook a lot of stuff uh, based on Elizabeth David, who uh, yeah. is like, yeah, a, an incredible cook. And I think that because she was writing, you know, 60 years ago, her recipes are already geared towards larder cooking. What would you say? What would you say your like top three lockdown kitchen essentials are? Ooh. That's a good question. It can be that food a- or can be utensil. Can be, yeah, can be anything. A really good, really sharp knife. I like a chef's knife. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say double cream. Really? That's a good Sounds crazy. It's not no, not she's, for me. She's not that vibe. Um, but it's, I don't remember, we bought loads of peaches and tins and we were just having like peaches and cream and then we had way too much cream because we forgot to take it off the shopping list every week. We had like seven things of double cream. And I just like blipped through it in a couple of weeks and just made loads of recipes from it. And it's so great to like make um, like frying pan sauces. So like if you've been frying some pork loin in a pan with like sage, oregano, whatever, you take it off the heat, you let it rest, and then you pour a little bit of double cream in your pan and whisk it around. Like straight away, you've got like a really delicious sauce kind of ready to go. Delicious. So double cream is something, and also you can make ice cream with double cream. It's really great for making cake yeah. and stuff like that. Salty and savory mix is a good, great. That's yeah. a really great ingredient. Let me think. What we've been using loads of. I'm going to go, you know what? I'm going to go for chili like fresh chilies. Oh yeah. Because not only are they great to add uh, kicks of freshness, they're also really good if you want to get into some like um, kind of base level fermentation because they so react super fermented. well to fermenting. Oh. So we have some chilies fermenting at the moment. When you open the jar, it goes like, it's like a fizzy drink. It's fantastic. I love chilies. Um, and the great thing with fermentation is it means obviously that like if you do a huge veg shop, that veg is going to last you for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think just having like a jar of fermented chilies, you throw one, two in a stir fry, you really don't have to do that much else to it from a flavor perspective, which is really yeah. nice. Yeah, and they're really good if you, if you like, chop, we made hot sauce the first time yeah, we did we it, like, or like a paste, which is really great for me because I put that on toast and stuff. Like, I love, oh, God, I love chilies. And I'm going to do a bonus one, which also, none of these are very exciting. I'm sorry. Because yeah. <laughs> I think having fresh citrus, like, oh, yeah. a couple I mean, of lemons in the kitchen at all times and a couple of oranges, not only for... Um, cooking cooking but also like lemon juice is the base for pretty much every single cocktail out there so like we buy probably like oh, every 12 week lemons we a so week lemons. and we get through all of them oh my god yeah the amount of oh the amount of gin bottles we're going through like i just have oh. to like, throw them away and not look at them because it's just like <laughs> every fine. week like oh my god another bottle but it's not even as if we're doing anything extravagant it's just you're just mm-hmm. chilly it's i think because you're not going out you're not going down the pub with friends you can't really like you're literally having everything yourself. So you're yeah. going through so much more than you think you will. This is a thing. I also think a really good, just another extra, which I just realized is like, we we bought several fermentation grade jars. Oh my God, basically we all need to come to your house because it's so, you're so well prepared, literally. <laughs> Look, if, if garlic's your thing, get over here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, honestly, I love garlic oil is like one of my top things. And um, if you were, if we were gonna have another pandemic, what would be, I don't want to throw the word stockpiling around, but what would you stock up on? Obviously, no one's suggesting you were a stockpiler, but. Mm. So I'd say that if 
if we're getting plunged intermittently in and out of lockdown, I'd say place an order with a flower company. You're going to use it. You're going to get through it, you know, and also with plain flour. Yeah. You don't just have to use it for bread. You can use it for cakes and cookies and all that kind of thing. So I'd say order that sweet, sweet flour. Yeah. Flour is really good. My brain is literally just saying alcohol. I don't like. (laughs) And I think with cooking, it's like one thing that I've really learned is it's not about having like a few jazzy ingredients. It's about being like, okay, do we have enough olive oil? One of the first things we did in lockdown was buy like three huge jugs of olive oil because like this is the kind of stuff where if you're cooking every single meal of the day, you're just going to run straight through it. And I think if you have you know, nice oil, nice salt, enough spices, some anchovies, like you're going to be able to cook something nice for yourself. I'll stop larder. <laughs> oh, guys, thank you so much. It's going to be so hard to cut, by the way, but I'm also kind of looking forward I get to listen to all Wow, that chat certainly has inspired me to go and start my own sourdough starter and I hope it's done the same for you. Thanks so much for listening. Join me next time for another socially distant, super mouth-watering episode of Lockdown Larder. See ya!